And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. And here is the host of the Birthday Boy Podcast. It's the one and the only... Johnny Boy. Oh, hello. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you. Just jumping right into it. I don't have time. It's late, and I don't have time. I finished work like 20 minutes ago. I f- it's 9 o'clock. I just finished work at like 8.30, 8 o'clock, 8, 8.15, somewhere between 8 and 8.30. I don't really know. And uh, I want to do this because I, I, it's very important to me to get my NFL picks, but it's also it's very important to uh, to talk about last weekend's games because... Uh, Tell you what, if I was a if I was a gambling man, I would have done pretty well for myself. Hold on, let me get my notebook. Oh yeah, it's real professional. It's late and I'm tired and I want to do this, but I also want to not do this. I want to get it over with, you know. But not not get it over with. Just you know, move this shit along. Because if I don't do it tonight, it's, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. All right, so what do we want to do here? Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Football time, baby. On the Birthday Boy Podcast. So, listen. Here's what's up. I had quite the week last week with these picks. Fade this out. I... This is like, let's let's get to this. Let's get to this. I had two wrong. Sixteen games. I picked fourteen correctly. I was wrong about the Thursday night game, and I was wrong about the Monday night game, and that was it. The, every game on Sunday, I correctly picked the winner. I even I went against the Patriots, which I never ever do, but I was right to do so, and they stopped Cam Newton right at the very end. And the Seahawks won the game. Do, 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 do. All right, so I picked Cleveland over Cincinnati. I was wrong about... Or I picked Cincinnati over Cleveland, and I was wrong. Cincinnati lost. Cleveland won that game. Uh, I was wrong about Monday Night Football. I picked New Orleans. That was dumb. Even while I was watching the game, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to get this right. I picked I picked Oakland. But I was wrong. I didn't pick Oakland. I don't know why I picked... I mean, New Orleans is really good, but I just... Anyway, I was wrong. So I was wrong about those two. Here's where I was right. Tampa Bay won against the Panthers. Seattle beat the Patriots, stopping Cam Newton in the final seconds at the goal line. The Chicago Bears had a victory over whichever team they played. I can't remember who it was. Uh, yes, that's right. The New York Football Giants. The Dallas Cowboys came marching back from an incredible deficit to win the game against the Atlanta Falcons 40-39. The Green Bay Packers defeated the Detroit Lions 42-21. I suddenly have an English accent now that I'm recapping these games. The Tennessee Titans defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Indianapolis Colts defeated the Minnesota Vikings 28 to 11, and the Titans won 33 to 30 against Jacksonville. If you haven't already heard, if you have been living under a rock for the last six days, the Buffalo Bills defeated the Miami Dolphins 31 to 28. And now there's an Audrey Hepburn type sound to my voice here. The San Francisco 49ers defeated the New York Football Jets 31 to 13. It's a palindrome that score. The Los Angeles Rams of Los Angeles defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 37 to 19. The Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Denver Broncos 26-21. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Carolina Panthers 31-17. The Arizona Cardinals defeated the Washington football team 30-15. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego, 23 to 20 in overtime. The Baltimore Ravens defeated the Houston Texans, 33 to 16. And the Seattle Seahawks defeated the New England Patriots, 35 to 30. Wow, that, that, just, just the right amount of time. Can I use the same amount of time to pick these games? Let's see, what's going to happen? This week in football. Well, the Miami-Jacksonville game's happening right now, so it's stupid to pick that. I, I was going to pick Miami. I'm still going to pick Miami. And yeah, they're winning 14-7 to right now, but I don't know. I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'm picking Miami. Not that it matters at this point. Chicago at Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta's going to win this one. I'm going with the ATL. Atlanta. All right, let me write these down. I say here that the Los Angeles Rams will be... Oh God, I'm going to regret this. I'm taking the Rams over the Buffalo Bills. Washington at Cleveland. Oh, boy. I'll go with the Cleveland Browns, and I'll probably be wrong. Tennessee Titans, Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to go crazy and pick... No, I'm not. I'm going to pick the Titans. I almost made a big mistake. Las Vegas Raiders at New England Patriots. Of course, I'm going to pick my beloved New England Patriots. San Francisco Giants at the New York Football Giants. Oh, it's San Francisco. San Francisco 49ers at the New York Football Giants. Oh, of course, San Francisco will win that one. Cincinnati at Philadelphia. Cincinnati will win because Joe Burrow is a quality quarterback and nothing good has ever come out of Philadelphia, ever. Houston at Pittsburgh. Let's take Pittsburgh Steelers. The Indianapolis Celts will beat the New York Jets. The Los Angeles Chargers will beat the Carolina Panthers. The... Tampa Bay Buccaneers will defeat the Denver Broncos. Arizona will beat Detroit. Uh-oh. Running out of time. Seattle, Green Bay, and Kansas City. <laughs> For the record, that's Seattle over Dallas. Green Bay over New Orleans. Kansas City over Baltimore. 
boy, that's boy, that's some good football this week. Holy jeez. I mean, seriously, holy mackerel. Switching gears, but I mean, Green Bay at New Orleans, Dallas at Seattle. That should be. I mean, Kansas City, Baltimore. These are some some quality football. Raiders and Patriots. Ah, oh, man, I'm excited. Excited for some games. Uh, I'm gonna keep this very short today. Sorry to say. Um, what am I gonna? I don't have much to talk about. I gotta tell you. Here's what I gotta tell you. I uh, looks like the Celtics. You know, they got one more chance. After my uh, after my mid podcast meltdown, they're not playing on a Thursday this week. They played last night. And they lost. This uh, this this Tyler Hero is twenty year old with his thirty nine points from Miami. You fucking jerk. Yeah, that's nice, isn't that nice? Isn't that great? That's great. That's just great. Uh, that's funny. You know, look the 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 Heat's probably gonna win tomorrow, and that that's gonna be it. <laughs> Oh, it would just be nice if Boston does one one more game, and then we have another game on Sunday. We have a game six. I, th- I feel like game six and seven are both on Sunday. I don't know. I was listening to Felger and Maz, the local, you know, 98.5, the sports hub. I, I, I like a lot of the programming on there. I like Toucher and Rich. Uh, Toucher came back on the air after a hiatus this summer talking about his stint in rehab, and it was a, a just a great story. Some, you know, a lot of it was funny, but it was just a good, a good. Uh, he spins a good yarn. Uh, Zolak and Bertrand, Bertrand, eh, not my favorite, but today they had a, you know, they had a good little show today, and uh, they're they're good, they're good enough. And uh, and then Felger and Maz as the the late afternoon evening guys, they were talking about Gordon Hayward. Oh, by the way, I didn't even uh, horrible. The the song that kicked off the podcast is called Adadadaya, and it's by somebody, and I can't remember the name here. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who that's by, but that's the name of the song, uh, and I've already forgotten the name, uh, the, the 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 band, the artist. Uh, let's see. Wait a minute. Patawawa. That's the name. That's the that's the song that kicked us off here, and then uh, of course, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, one of their new singles that came out a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, late July, I don't know, early August. Seer, Sire, C-Y-R. Anyways, new new one by uh, by Mr. Corgan and his pumpkins. Uh, anyways, uh, Felger and Maz are talking about Gordon Hayward, and this really isn't a sports thing. It's uh, Gordon Hayward just had a his his wife just had a kid, fourth child. Great, congratulations. He had been out with an injury. He just returned. He's played two games. He played, uh, whatever, game, uh, what was this, uh, three and four. He played those two games. And they won game three. That's nice. And there was talk. He came back from injury to play those games, talk about if he was going to go back home, be with his wife during childbirth. And he, you know, he announced that he was not. He was not going to go home. It's like, well, okay. You know, as a Celtics fan, I think people are, <laughs> that's, that's nice. Uh, but to me, I just, man, that, that ain't my style. I can tell you what, and I don't give a shit what my profession is. Like, I'm going to be home. I, I've, you know, I have two kids. I've seen both of them. I've seen both of them quite literally emerge to the, into this world for the first time. And uh, there's uh, there's no amount of money that could be that can be put on that. 
and I'm sure there is an amount of money. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> now, now that I've seen the first two, as I'm talking through it, I, I'm I'm taking his side a little bit more now. <laughs> oh man, because I'm thinking, well, the third one you've seen it once, you've seen it twice, they'll understand. And then a fourth one, it's like, am I, am I even going to know this kid's name at this point? No, but in all seriousness, uh, oh, there's a touchdown Miami. It leads 20-7, to seven, a point after I'll put them up 21-7. to seven. Anyway, uh, no, but seriously, I, I don't care. If I'm an NBA superstar, I'm going, I'm going to be there for the birth of my child. And Felger and Maz are carrying on about, you know, Oh, it's a, uh, he did the right thing for the team. You know, family, this is such a, like, Boston thing that I've found in my short time here, in my short five years in this area. Uh, it's such a Boston thing. I think there's nothing more important than, this was, this was Felger and Maserati's take, I think, pretty much, or at least Felger's. And his take was, there's nothing more important than family. There's nothing more important. But your career is more important than family. Basically, basically what he said. He didn't say your career is more But he said nothing's more important than family. But dot, 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 Gordon Hayward did the right thing. Because your job's pretty important. Your job's really important. You should do your job. And sometimes your job comes first. And that's that's such a fucking Boston mentality. I first moved up here and, like, people who all have the capability to work from home, there'd be blizzards and people are like, you know, it's a competition to see who can, like, show up in the office. And I, I never do that. I stay home. I'm like, well, I can open up a computer and work from home. And now look at us. For the last seven months, that's all we've, any of us have been doing. <clears throat> and uh, I just remember people, you know, I'd come in the next day after a big snowstorm, and there'd be a couple people like, I came in. I was here at 7 o'clock. What a bunch of wimps. You're driving this. I was like, okay, yeah, okay, I'm a wimp. And the other 20 people who just told you that they didn't come in yesterday because it's fucking work and we mean nothing to this company and they'll they'll toss us out into the snow for no good reason. So, yeah, you can you can be married to this company if you want. You can be married to your job. I'm married to my wife and uh, and my wife and kids are much more important than any job ever will be. And yes, uh, I work in an office. I don't make Gordon Hayward money. I don't make NBA money, obviously. Uh, but here's the other thing. Nobody was supposed to be playing basketball in September. When that, that would have been, you know, end of December, early January, right? If I'm doing my math here, right around Christmas time, the, the, this child would have been conceived. One, two, three, four. Five, yeah, nine months, right? So late December, mid to late December. What are they, what are they thinking about then? The pandemic? Nobody knew. In December, nobody was talking about that. Certainly not in the NBA. I, I, you know, it was like January when we first started, just barely started talking about it at the, you know, middle of January. So if I'm, if I'm, if it's last December of 2019, I'm planning to have a kid, and I say, yeah, this is the time to do it because you'll, you'll give birth sometime in the, you know, late September, early October. So that's great. It'll be just in time for I'll be there for the season, and then or I'll be there for the the birth of the child, and then the preseason starts, and blah blah blah. Great, I won't miss the birth. And I'll be around for hopefully, you know, a couple weeks before I have to get get packed and get out on the road and play basketball. So to me, I mean, in, in any in any situation, and yeah, if I was an NBA player, I would plan accordingly. If I wanted to keep having kids, I would make sure that they were born during July, August, September. 
that's it, because that's the offseason. And I'm sure that's how it was planned. But of course, nobody nobody anticipated that the season was going to end in March and then resume on July 30th and then go through all of August and all of September, and it's going to go into October, into the finals. And nobody predicted that. So, like, the dude, man, I fucking go home, and Felger and Maserati like, oh, well, he's... You know, families is the most important thing, except except it isn't, because work is the most important thing. And that's such a that's just such an old timey, you know. And then he starts ranting about the millennials. It's always and this with these old guys, same fucking shit. Just you know, just a one note one note uh, Charlie over there. Ah, oh, well, it's the thing to do. The right thing to do is to do your job before anything. I mean, you wouldn't have the lifestyle with that. It's like, so you're telling me that if he goes home to be with his kid, the Celtics are going to cut him and no NBA team is ever going to hire him again because he had the audacity to go home and see his child be born? Even if it is the fourth child, and nobody cares about the fourth child, but still you care enough, a little bit, I think. I don't know. I cared about the first two. And I, I think I, I think I would about the third and the fourth uh, probably not, but I you know I'd make an effort. <laughs> no, but honestly, it's a hot take. Oh, you should you should be with your family no matter what, except you shouldn't because work is the most important. Playing basketball in a bubble in Orlando, and then he's on. He's like, oh, that's what the millennials think, though. It's it's me, me, me with the millennials. They, uh, millennials have a kid and they, they take nine months off. Me, me, me. It's like, what are you talking? They take time off to be with their spouse and to be with their kid. I used to, I didn't have that shit. I didn't have paternity leave of any kind. I had, I used, I think I used like a couple sick days here and there and maybe a vacation day. And I remember just working, uh, I worked from home for a week one time because I couldn't, I didn't have any more time off to take. <clears throat> and the piece of shit company that I worked for, <clears throat> Beach Coast, uh, gave a whopping two fucking weeks of vacation. What a stupid idiot. I left five weeks of time off to go to this fucking, <laughs> this fucking honeycomb shit dump in Florida to get two weeks of vacation. How stupid. How stupid am I? Uh, anyway, uh, but I didn't have any, they didn't give me any vacation, so I didn't have any vacation, so my paternity time was like, I took the day off when, uh, you know, when my wife was induced. This was the second child. And then I was back to work. I think I had the next day off. So I think I had two days off and then the weekend. And then I was back to work for the following week, but I worked from home. And uh, that was the one time that the CFO decided that he needed some major analysis that he had never once ever asked for ever. And it was actually quite pointless and I fucking, the second he asked that, I'm like, yeah, this, this fucking prick is doing this to make sure that I'm not like, cause that's what you do. I just, you know, I just had a second child. My wife just gave birth to our second child and I'm going to fucking, you know, dick around anyways. That's, so that was fun. What a fucking f fun company that was to work for anyway. Uh, what was I saying? So man, if I had that time, I would take, cause like, that's all you want. You want to, you know, you want to be home with your family. It's not fucking selfish. It's the fucking way sh things should be. A lot of the first world countries, developed nations have these things where people get like mandatory time off. And we have none of that here because this country stinks. 
it's the it's the shittiest best country in the world or it's the best shittiest country or something like that but it's fucking please uh great country a lot of problems a lot of problems B bigger problems than the ones i'm talking about than not getting time off and leave and medical and paternity leave and shit like that but for this guy uh, felger to be talking about oh these other millennials me 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 myself and i they have a kid they want to they want to take the next four months off to help raise the child what a bunch of selfish pricks jesus christ uh so yeah that's the mentality though I, I get it. That's such a... And for Boston sports, that's such the mentality, too. And, you know, like, oh, you should dance. The team's the most important. You're going to win championships. This is Boston. You can see your kid some other time. It's your fourth kid, anyways. Who cares? This is Boston. you got to win championships. going to be so worth it when they, uh, when they lose tomorrow night. And he's going to, for the rest of his life realize that he wasn't home to witness the birth of his fourth child. I'm sorry. There's no fucking thing that's going to, like... Oh, but they have a chance to win a championship! Okay, well... And then they're not going to win a championship. And then he... And so then he didn't win a championship, and he didn't see the birth of his child. And he missed all of the playoff games leading up to this, and they managed to get this far. And clearly, you know, they lost last night with him. He wasn't, like, the secret weapon that was missing. Anyways... I'm so tired, so my thoughts are all over the place, but I just I just thought it was stupid. What a stupid a stupid take, a stupid rant about like, you know, you the first thing you got you've got responsibilities to your job because that provides the lifestyle. It's like, yeah, and he's he's not some like jackass. He's been there. He was injured. Oh, by the way, back in December there was no thought in anybody's head that like, oh, what if we're in the playoffs in some what if we're in the playoffs uh, on the first day of fall? Like <laughs> That never happened. There's no. There's never every any basketball on the first day of fall at the end of September. September is a month of the year where there's just no basketball. So, you know, he should have. You know, whatever. Oh well. Oh well. Can't get that back. You can only see your child born once, and he'll never get it back. Hey, but at least they. Uh, at least they won Game Three against the Heat before losing Game Four. Isn't that a nice consolation? for old Gordon. So yeah, so that's that. And you know, the millennials, the millennials, they're all, all about me and myself. And as he's talking about how millennials are more likely to take more time off to be home with their child when the child is born. Because God forbid they not spend every fucking waking hour of every fucking day fucking working for some shithead who's going to kick them out the window if times get a little tough. So go home. Attention, everyone. If you ever have kids, be there when they're born. I don't give a shit what you do. There's nothing more important than that. Even if it is your fourth. And the likelihood of you even knowing the, that child's name is very slim. Very, very slim. Anyway. Uh, but that's also, you know, and then to that point, then they, in the same breath they were talking about Cam Newton. Cam Newton's getting kind of... He's kind of getting the Cam Newton treatment. Like people are not, people are going kind of easy on Cam Newton, and and not that there's any reason not to. He's been very good so far, uh, but losing the game on Sunday, I think if that was anybody else, they would have been. He would have been destroyed. And even I, I'm watching that. I'm like, man, that was a great performance by Cam Newton. They 
It's fucking hanging in there with Russell Wilson. It's only his second game as a Patriot. He's doing the Cam Newton thing, you know, doing his running thing, actually throwing, you know, making some great passes and things like that too. And then in the final seconds, he does his thing and, oops, they telegraphed it a mile away. The Seahawks saw it coming and they stopped him and the Seahawks win. Okay. It was like, hey, you know what? That was a great performance on Cam Newton. Nothing wrong with that. He's he's our guy. He's the quarterback. Let's do this. Which I think is a, that's the right attitude to have. It's just not a very Boston-like attitude. I'm pleasantly surprised. And I think there is a shift. Even the five years that I've been here, I've seen a shift of like the old school to new school. It's just sort of happening. It is happening. It's happening everywhere, and I'm, I'm seeing it in Boston too in a, in a weird way that I can't fully articulate like most things. Uh, but Felger's talking about, you know, Cam Newton. He's like, he's like, are we being too easy on Cam Newton? That's not, that's not like us. That's not like us here in Boston. And I thought, yeah, and that's, that could be a problem, though. The first two games, look, he won the first game, lost the second game, and it was a very good fight in that second game. There was nothing to be ashamed of for Cam Newton. But I've always said this. Cam Newton is from Charlotte. Well, he's from Atlanta, but he was playing in Charlotte for 10 years, nine years, whatever it was, nine seasons. Kemba Walker, same thing, from Charlotte. Very good players, very good, well, the Hornets slash Bobcats were never good. They went to the playoffs, I think, once with Kemba, and uh, I think they actually got, they didn't get swept. I think it was a five, uh, I think it was a four to one series against the Heat. Anyway, uh, I've always stated, and I think this will be true, no sport, no professional sports team, the, 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 the Hornets, the Panthers, no professional sports team that will ever exist in Charlotte will ever win a championship. That is my prediction until uh, at least in my lifetime and probably for a long time after that. And the reason I say this is because people in Charlotte are very polite and nice. I actually find the people in Boston to be more polite, generally speaking. Like in a legitimate, not in that phony, fake, fucking bless your heart, southern kind of way, but in like a legitimate kind of way. You know, there's friendly and there's neighborly, right? Like a legitimate, like I, you know, I think there's more of that in the north. I think the southern thing is, is it's a big myth. It's all this bullshit about it's a fake, phony baloney. You know, I'm putting on a smile, but I just hate you, kind of. You know, that southern crap, that southern charm, quote, quote unquote charm. Uh, but they're, you know, everybody's not like the guy could do no wrong in uh, in Charlotte, in Carolina. Cam Newton could do no wrong, even when he even when he stunk, even when he would uh, had that one season where every other week he was lo- he would win, then he would lose, then he'd win, then he would lose, and you never knew which Cam Newton you were gonna get, and nobody cared. Everybody's like, hey, that's great, that's our Superman. That's eh, okay, he's gonna come back, he's gonna get into the Super Bowl, he's gonna do all this stuff, and he, you know, he went to the one Super Bowl and he lost in spectacular fashion to to the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning's final game. And uh, and nobody ever gave him a hard time in Charlotte, and I think I think that's a lot of why Belichick is being like real super complimentary toward, towards Cam Newton. I mean, he's the first week with that that win <laughs> against the Dolphins. Belichick heaped more praise on Cam Newton in ninety seconds than I think he did in the last twenty years with Tom Brady, who only won six uh, Super Bowls for this team with this team. And uh, and I think I think Belichick's he's easing into the Cam Newton waters. He wants to make sure 
that Cam feels good, he's happy, he's comfortable, but also that he's performing, which he has been, so that's great. But I think he wants to, he's not going to, you know, give him that full sort of New England, Boston treatment because the weather's not the only thing that can be very, very cold and harsh up here. And Cam Newton will experience it eventually. There's no question about that. But right now, he's not, which is good. But eventually, you know, he's going to lose games that, uh, you know, he's not going to get a pass where people are going to say, hey, what, what the fuck, Cam Newton, what'd you do? And then that's when the problems are going to start because he was treated very, very kindly, very delicately in Charlotte. And that's what they do. They love their, you know, everybody's everybody's just kind of nice, kind of happy. Oh, it's great. Ah, the Panthers, go get it. You'll get them next time, guys. Keep pounding. Keep pounding, boys. You'll get them next time. That's all right. Ah, it's just a loss. As long as everybody had fun, it's all good. <laughs> and it's just that kind of like, you know, kind of polite, cordial sort of attitude that, uh, you know, there's no real pressure that's ever put on their professional sports team, so they'll never win a championship. And so, you know, when you've got that attitude, and that's why, not to say the Celtics, I mean, Celtics ain't going to win a championship this year either, but the whole, like, hey, you know, Gordon Hayward, he could have gone home, seen the birth of his child, something that you can only do once, you can never get that back. With that kid, you never get that back as long as you live, but God damn it. I respect the hell out of a guy who'll stick around and play another game of basketball <laughs> instead of seeing the birth of his child. And that's why that's why Boston wins championships. That's a harsh attitude. And that's why places like Charlotte will never win championships. Other other places that have like polite polite nice sort of sort of laid back people, you know, the Chargers in San Diego. What do I mean? Now there are just, there's exceptions to that because then you got a place like Detroit, where they don't win anything either. But I think that's just because Detroit is just you know is generally you know Detroit. Nothing nothing against Detroit, but I mean you know ain't much. Ah, eh, you know what? Uh, I'll lay off Detroit. Good old Detroit. Go get them, D- Detroit Lions. Zero and two. You'll get them. Ne- you'll get them next week, champ. Oh man, talking a lot of sports. Uh, yeah talking a lot of sports but that's by the way speaking of the hornets or the or the bobcats as they used to be called i was i was reminiscing by myself just with myself last night i was thinking about the first bobcats game that i got to attend thanks to my very good very very good man a good friend of mine albert albert quincy fry that's not his nick that's not his middle name but i gave him that middle name and and that's uh, it stuck we used to talk about how he should go around the office putting little notes on people's lunches in the fridge saying, I just ate your lunch, you got fried. And and just little all these little pranks he could just say, You got fried. I mean when you got a last name Fry, like you should be pulling pranks. Not hopefully not uh nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties wrestler pranks like shitting in people's shoes. But you know, harmless pranks. Like a note that says, I ate your lunch, you got fried. Anyways, Albert Fry, good, good man. One night he had, he, you know, this is a guy who has, you know, he's late, I don't know if he's 50 yet. No, I don't think he is. I think he's still like mid, I think he was mid 40s like eight years ago, but I think he's still mid 40s because he looks, he looks like a million bucks. He looks, he looks, he's several years older than me, Uh, five, maybe even 10, I don't know if he's 10 years older than me, but he's, 
He might be 10 years older than me. Anyways, but he looks 10 years younger than me. And uh, I don't know why. what the point of that is. Oh, so, but the guy had, I mean, even in 2012 when I first met him, his kids were tw- early 20s at that time. So he's just like swinging bachelor, nice condo, downtown Charlotte, overlooking the skyline. You can see the, you know, the football stadium, the baseball stadium. Just money to fucking burn on whatever he wants. Going out to eat, doing whatever, season tickets for the uh, for the Bobcats at the time, and that's what he had. And one day we were discussing. I said, "Ah, oh, that'd be great. I'd love to. You know, one of these days, hopefully, I can take my kid to the Bobcats." And uh, and he goes, "Well, how about how about tonight, or how about whatever the game?" And I said, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Eh." I've seen I've seen the Orlando Magic a million times. Here you go. And he gave me his two tickets, which was great. They were fabulous seats too. Fantastic seats. He gifted me these these lovely seats. And uh, and the Bobcats and the Magic were battling for last place in the entire NBA. So yeah, he wasn't too interested in seeing that game. His loss though, because it was a fantastic game. Uh, the Bobcats came back from like a. I always say it was a thirty point deficit, but it wasn't that. It was a maybe. It was a 20-something point deficit, and they came, you know, they just came fighting back, and it was thrilling, and the place was just erupting. It was like, who the hell gives a shit about the Bobcats? Who watches the Bobcats? Who follows the Bob? Who cares about these guys? And then there's this whole place just just going bananas over this meaningless game, but it was it meant something because it's like, hey, here we go. And I got to see, you know, Kemba Walker for the first time. I got to see Josh McRoberts, who looks like an eight-foot-tall Charlie Day from Sunny in Philadelphia, which just tickled me. Bismack Biombo, uh, who else? Michael Kidd Gilchrist, <laughs> Gerald Henderson. There's others. There's others. But anyway, uh, but it was great. He gave me he gave me this uh, this gift, and then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, I'm a I'm a fucking okay. I'm a Bobcats fan. Sure, let's do this. And I remain, and I still remain a Bobcats fan. Well, a Hornets fan, and uh, I love the Hornets. I do. If the Hornets were playing the Celtics, I'm rooting for the Hornets. But I love Kimba Walker, and I I want him now that he's no longer a Hornet. Now that he's a Celtic, I want him and the Celtics to win. I don't hate the Celtics. The Celtics would be my second favorite team, and I do want you know the Hornets aren't going to win anything. So you might as well like <laughs> you might as well have some. <laughs> you might as well have a horse in the race, even if it's not your original horse. Although the crazy thing is a million years ago, I was a fan of the Miami heat and now I want them to lose so badly because I, you know, I waver, I go back and forth. Uh, but that's it. I'm not, you know, and I don't dislike the heat, but when they're playing the Celtics, I want the heat to lose. Just like when the Celtics are playing the Hornets, I want the Celtics to lose. But if the heat, if the heat go on to face, uh, LeBron, or uh, or Denver, eh? I don't know. I don't care who wins. I just don't care. So forget it. But Albert gave me the Charlotte Hornets, and then I would take the children to see them on an almost weekly basis because it cost six dollars for a ticket <laughs> because they're so bad, and nobody went to see those games. But th- it was still pretty packed because it's so cheap. You can get a great seat for like seventy-five bucks. My God, you could sit. You could sit on the uh, you could sit on Kemba Walker's lap for for eighty bucks. You could sit right next to him on the bench. Uh, and then uh, and then there was of course the game that I went to uh, where Elbert was uh, in his or or so I thought was in his, uh, his season ticket seat across the arena, 
and I was zooming in on my phone because I knew Elbert, a very um, sartorial individual, I guess you could say. Always just so well-dressed, nice sweaters, real nice, real sharp, real real sharp dresser. And um, uh, as opposed to me, who'd show up, you know, looking like an asshole uh, to work every day. Elbert, not so much, though, but... Uh, I knew I knew this patented orange sweater of his. It's just this really nice autumnal sweater, and I was I could see a guy across the way with an orange sweater. So I thought, hey, this will be fun. I know what I'll do. I'm gonna zoom in. I'm gonna take a picture. I'm gonna text it to Albert and said said something stupid like I see you or something. I don't even know. And uh, and so I did that at one of the Hornets games one time. <laughs> I'm like, there's Elbert, that's him. And I, and I watched for a while. I just kept looking. I'm like, that's definitely him. I know that's him. Even though it's uh, I'm clear on the other side of the arena, that's Elbert. I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to text it to him. Have a little fun. So I zoomed in on my old fucking iPhone 4, which, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's great. Real powerful camera on that phone. I zoomed in. I took a picture of really what ended up just looking like a blob a pixel and I sent it to Albert and I said hey I can see you or some bullshit thing and then no response no response and I'm like what the fuck man and I'm like I'm looking at this guy and I'm like he's not even checking his phone and then I would see him like oh he is checking his phone oh he's not well why is he he's... Albert finally texts me I think I was like driving home from the game or I had just gotten home from the game and I get a text. I'm like, what the fuck? And it's Albert. And the reason that he didn't text me during the game is, as I found out in the text, that he was not at the game. And <laughs> and Albert's response, let me just preface by saying that Albert is an African-American gentleman. And uh, so he wrote back and I, I, he said, that wasn't me. I wasn't even at the game tonight. I decided to make other plans. And I said, that wasn't you? Are you serious? And he goes, he writes back, and he goes, you know, we don't all look alike. <laughs> oh, man. Such a fun dude. I love Albert. I miss that guy. Great guy. We text every once in a while. I'll have to text him about, uh, about Kimba, get his thoughts. Oh, man. But that was... Yeah, that was it. Albert Frank gifted me two tickets to the Bobcats. And a, a fan was born that night, that chilly March evening in 2013 in Charlotte. Ah, good times, good memories. Ah, let me take a quick break. I'll be right back on the Birthday Boy Podcast. <laughs> No. You're driving around in the great big car, and everything's looking all right so far. Little uh, Peggy Lee. Who's the gonna pay the check? It's me, Mario, gonna pay the check. It's Italian a stereotype. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that whole Albert thing reminded me. I was just thinking about uh, thinking about Charlotte, thinking about living there, and uh, I had a buddy one time who told me that he. I don't know if he or a friend or somebody 
I don't think he had. I think a friend had <laughs> chlamydia. And I said, oh my god. And he goes, no, no, don't worry. Of all the STDs, that's the best one to get. And I, I said, oh, is that... Is that on the uh, is that on the poster at the doctor's office when you're going to get tested? That's some good news, bad news. Uh, start with the bad news. You've uh, well, there's no other way to say this. You have chlamydia. Good news is that is the best STD. That's the one. If you're gonna get one, that's the one you want. You want the chlamydia. That's the best one to get. <laughs> That's the poster in the office, I guess. <laughs> Chlamydia? Question mark. Don't worry, it's the best STD. Uh, this song goes on. Anyway, uh, yeah. If you're gonna get an STD, there's only one STD that you want to get, and that's chlamydia. Oh, you got, you got an STD? Don't worry, you got chlamydia. It's good, it's fine. I know, it's not my best podcast. I, it's very late and I'm very tired, and this is the only chance I have. So, you know, you get, you get chlamydia stories. <laughs> oh my god, chlamydia? No, 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 no. That's the one. That's the best one. That's the good STD. That's the good STD, chlamydia. It's like, you know, it's like getting, it's like the hiccups. It's nothing. Slight inconvenience. It's just chl chlamydia. It's not, you know, it's not like it's gonorrhea. Uh, do I have anything else to talk about? Not really. Oh, yeah, well, I guess I was going to talk about my disappointment of, uh, of not getting either of the new consoles. I'm not one to pick up a new console when it comes out. The, the last console that I got when it came out, like at launch, when I say at launch... I don't think I've ever gotten a console on launch day itself. I don't think. I can't. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, but the closest was Christmas of 1995 when I got PlayStation 1. That was very exciting. I can't even describe how excited I was for that, for that particular console. Endless fun. Twisted Metal. Oh, my gosh. WrestleMania, the arcade game. ESPN X Games. Jumping Flash, Battle Arena, Toshinden, and then eventually Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil. I mean, it's classics. Some classics. Classics. NBA Jam. Oh, come on. What a system. What a what a console. Anyway, uh, I, that was that's the closest I think I've ever gotten to uh, getting a console at or within. And when I say at launch, let's just say within three months, within six months. Uh, PlayStation Four. Yeah, it was. PlayStation 3, I got like three years after it came out. PlayStation, PlayStation 2, I guess I got that within a, within a, within a year, within six months of coming out. No, wait a minute. No, I didn't. That's not true. Well, it was a year and a half. A year and a half. PlayStation 3, I, I got that like three years after it came out. PlayStation 4, two years after it came out. That's, that's how it goes. Xbox 360, I got that pretty... No, that was that was six six or seven months after it came out. Maybe the original Xbox I didn't own, but Kimmy did. So I would go over to her house and I would play Xbox and played. Hey, I would sit, uh, I would just be by myself. Like she would have been at work, and I would just be sitting, <laughs> just be sitting on her on the edge of her bed playing Halo on her Xbox. 
So I never had to purchase my own Xbox because she had one. Yeah, and the 360, I got that, uh, I guess, within the year after it came out. Uh, what was the other thing? Xbox One. The kids got that for Christmas, but that was, uh, gosh, that was four years after that son of a bitch came out. So, yeah, and I thought, you know what, this will be fun. The new console's coming out. What about the Nintendo stuff? Yeah, Super Nintendo was a year. I mean, NES was several years after that came out. Super Nintendo was a year after it came out. N64, close to two years. I had no real interest in getting N64, but I got it summer of 98, so it was almost two years after it came out. What was the next one? GameCube? I never owned a GameCube, but Kimmy, Kim had GameCube, so basically I did have GameCube. And tons of games for it. And I don't even know when the hell she got it. Like, maybe she got it at launch. I don't even remember. The Wii? You couldn't get a Wii. I don't remember when I got a Wii. It was uh, the following summer, maybe? After it came out? Uh, I don't know. I skipped the Wii U, like everybody. And uh, and then Switch, I guess, was... I guess that was within... That was That was within a few months. So that was pretty... Switch was pretty close to launch. Nintendo Switch was the closest to launch, I think. Because th that's something that I'm I'm guessing you were all really uh, interested in hearing about. Yeah, it came out March of 2007, and I think June. So yeah, I guess that's pretty close. That's the closest to launch. Alright, so PlayStation... The very first PlayStation and the Nintendo Switch. Those are the two gaming consoles that I got within th three months or so of their release. And I thought, yeah, this will be fun. I've never, I've never pre-ordered a console. I've never pre-ordered a new system. Uh, so I'm, you know, and I thought, eh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just pre-order both of these things. What the fuck? Let's have like, let's go crazy. Let's have a fun little Christmas here and have two new gaming consoles. Yeah, that uh, that didn't quite go the way it, I had anticipated. The PlayStation Five pre-order was a disaster. Evidently, there's pre-orders tomorrow. A GameStop on Friday. I don't care. I don't care. It was a it was a passing thought. Like you know, it'd be kind of fun to get the console when it comes out. Like when everybody else is getting it. But like, there's a reason that I don't buy a console at launch. Because why? Why would you? Because that first of all, for the first year that the new console is out, they're bringing out the games on the previous console and on the new console because they know that everybody's not going to get that new console. So they're going to give you the game on, if you have a PlayStation 4, and the game's coming out on PlayStation 5, it's going to come out on PlayStation 4 and 5, which a number of these games are going to do. So you still have a while to get new games on PlayStation 4, on Xbox One. And yeah, there's going to be some new stuff that you won't, you know, eventually the years, a year from now, there's going to be stuff that's coming out only on the new consoles, and then as the years go on, it's... That's it. It's just going to be on those consoles. And that's fine. But that's when you get them. A year from now. Two years from now. Because the other thing is, when those consoles... Remember the Xbox 360? The red rings of death? The red ring of death? It was three red rings. That's it. You're done. It's toast. Cooked. I think two times, maybe even three times, I had to send <laughs> Xbox 360 to Microsoft to have them fix it. Last winter, I had to send, like, I don't know a dozen Switch Joy-Cons to Nintendo to fix that. But that's like, okay, at least the fucking system works. Your Joy-Cons suck because they have that, that drag, whatever you want to call it, drift, drag, whatever you want to call it. And they sent them to some place in Syracuse, Nintendo, they fixed them all, they sent them back with a little paperwork telling you that they fixed the fucking thing. Great! 
and and guess what? Here we are. That was December. This is almost October. They're still working great. But even if they didn't, uh, you know, use a different controller. Use the Pro controller. It's fine. Console breaks. It's like, ah, oh, man, that's it. I'm done. I gotta send this thing back, and it's gonna be months before they fix it and return it to me. And uh, you know, so wait, wait for them to they fix the bugs, they update the hardware, the, you know, patches and releases and all kinds of shit. And then a year or two later, you get the the better version, or you wait a couple years, and then they make a better version of the new console. Like Xbox now has like 27 different X, Xbox One S and Xbox One. S and then now Xbox Series X is coming out and Series X and X1 S Series X2 to the 10th power white version and the black rectangle version and uh, the only thing and the only thing I really want to play I want to play a flight simulator that's out on the PC now the Microsoft flight simulator and it's going to be as I understand it's going to be on the the new Xbox and it's not going to be on any other console and that looks pretty awesome that looked like a lot of fun I was hoping to have a nice Christmas morning sitting around playing the flight simulator game. <laughs> that was my plan. But that's okay, because there's plenty of games coming out. And as I was talking to Shimo today, I still have, despite the fact that uh, I, I finished The Witcher 2 in January and didn't play games until pretty much June. Did I say The Witcher? What am I talking about? The Red Dead 2. I beat the... Uh, what am I talking... What did I, what did I just say that I beat? Did I just say I beat The Witcher 2? I beat Red Dead 2 in January. I played The Witcher again for a little while, one of the expansion packs, and then over the summer, uh, what's it called? The Last of Us 2, and I don't know. You know my story of Castlevania from a couple weeks ago, wasting an entire weekend playing that fucking thing from 1997. Still a classic. Uh, I don't know what else I've, what else I've completed. Uncharted 4, Halo 5, I finally got around to finishing that game. Man of Medan... Uh, I don't even know the Transformers Devastation game. I started. I got back into uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is fun. Uh, Spider Man. I play here and there. Jedi. Uh, what is it? Jedi Fallen Knight. Knight Fallen Order. Jedi. Jedi Knights of the Fallen Order. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what the name of it is. The one with the redhead kid from Shameless. That's fun. It's a fun game. As cousin Frank. He described it perfectly. It's Star Wars meets Uncharted. Because you're jumping on the little walls and, you know, it's, it's good. It's good fun. Uh, but there's Cyberpunk's coming out soon. The Miles Morales game is coming. And they're all coming out. The new Halo game is coming out for the new Xbox. And it's also going to be on the old Xbox. So fucking great. That's fine. That's, that's what I'll get it for. And let's, listen, I'm a sucker. I'm eventually going to have these new consoles. And I'm going to get the... <laughs> I'm gonna get the remastered versions of everything. I'm gonna, I'm, cause I'm an idiot. Cause I have like 18 copies of Skyrim <laughs> and the Grand Theft Auto. I Grand Theft Auto Five on consoles that I don't even know that I own. So that's gonna happen. So it doesn't matter. But yeah, I guess it was for the best. I could not because of PlayStation's uh, of Sony. You know, Walmart went rogue and started releasing pre-orders before they were supposed to. Then everybody else jumped in, and then you couldn't you couldn't get it. I mean, you know, between people, between you know the the scalpers, whatever you want to call them, with their bots, so they can sell these things for a thousand dollars on eBay, and everybody else. I mean, it's just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of great internet connection I have. I have I do have great internet connection, 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on the I'm on the one terabyte or whatever the hell it is tier of uh, of Comcast of Xfinity. It doesn't matter. I'm not gonna... And then I'm reading on Twitter all these people like I can't believe I got it. I can't like how how? Because I had for the Xbox, I had a bunch. I had like I had my work computer tabs open. I had my phone. I was in the middle of a call. I was like running a meeting, and then and then like almost. Almost as though my hand had a t- took on a life and a mind of its own was like clicking on things to try and refresh pages and all. That. Didn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it's for the best. I wait a year. I wait two years. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Santa brings one. I don't. I could ask Santa. I haven't asked Santa for anything in quite some time. But maybe, maybe I will ask Santa. We'll see. Yeah. Alas, these are these are tough issues that I face on a on a day to day basis. Tough issues. Um, all right, I gotta I gotta take a quick break, break and uh, and then wrap it up because it's it's going on an hour and I gotta I gotta get to bed. Fleet Foxes. Do you remember this from last year? When I sent in my... I sent in my clip to try and be part of this song. Believe you. Let me hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me play you. Let me just play you. This is from last year's. This is from last year's podcast. A song called "Can I Believe You." For too long, the title says it all. Re lyrical content. Thought it would be cool. If July fourteenth. Behind it was in this state of constant but very fluid morphing. Oh, oh hold on. Twenty second. Robin Pecknold. It's just off the this is July fourteenth last year. Back it up a little. Here's my favorite band. There's just so many. I mean, you know, the fucking Beatles. Uh, whatever. Who, who, who gives a shit about my musical taste? But, uh... Not me. Robin Pecknold, who is the lead singer of Fleet Foxes, uh, his Instagram is fucking awesome. He shares a lot. He shares a lot with the fans. Sometimes little, little snippets, little 10 or 20 second little pieces of songs that he's working on for the next album. Little things like that. So... Lately, Robin Pecknold of the Fleet Foxes puts on his Insta story, I have a special request. I've been working on a a song called Can I Believe You? For too long, the title says it all. R.E. Lyrical Content. Thought it would be cool if the arrangement behind it was in this state of constant but very fluid morphing slash shifting to mirror the lyrics. Neat. Like maybe 100 people recording vocal harmonies in all different timbers, and they are in this fluid, ever-morphing wash. But I don't know 100 people, so can you help me? Here are the parts. Okay. And then, let me, uh, he has an example. Uh, listen, listen to this fucking voice. Well, that's not his voice yet. Okay, so he says, oh, shush. 
B major, 153 beats per minute. Time signature is like a bar of 10, then a bar of 8 for simplicity's sake. I don't know shit about music. I don't. I have a very vague understanding of what that means. Vocal part one comes in on the one. Part two, also on the one. I get what that means. By the way, I could just I could listen to his uh, him do that fucking all day, his voice and all the different harmonies that he f- just creates with himself. Uh, anyway, there's my phone going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silence. Uh, Let me skip ahead here. It's fucking gorgeous. Uh, I could listen to that all day. This anyway, is, okay. if you have any interest in recording yourself, this is Robin Peck. This is all on his Insta story, and he says, if you have any interest in recording yourself singing these simple parts and emailing them to robinpecknell at gmail.com, uh, not to be confused with birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com, R-O-B-I-N-P-E-C-K-N-O-L-D, robinpecknold at gmail, I'd be so appreciative, and it could end up being cool. Any instruments welcome. Really, the more stuff, the better. Mix it up, any octaves, and if you can't sing, honestly, that's preferable. <laughs> Separate tracks is ideal, wave format, blah, 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 blah. No deadline, recording all year, need to figure out the morphing technology. So stoked, so many people are down, this is going to be sick. Um, <laughs> a bunch of other shits. Okay, so now he's... So anyways, there's a I guess this is longer than I thought... But this was last year. Robin Pecknold of the Fleet Foxes, he asked for people to submit, uh, you know, submit these sounds. Like that. And this is what I'm, pl- this is from last July. Emailed him. Who obviously have some ability, some musical ability and vocal ability. So those are some of the things that people emailed him last year when he was putting this song together. It was sort of neat to see, you know, see how the sausage is made, how he's, you know, putting this stuff together, too. Maybe you hate it. I don't care. And there's just a million of them. Got this one. All right, let me, let me. So if you're, you can go back to episode 12 of the Birthday Boy podcast from July 14th, 2019. And you can listen to that whole that whole thing, uh, the whole backstory and the background and the Instagram and the Insta story of Robin Pecknold, the lead singer of the Fleet Foxes, uh, requesting, soliciting, uh, you know, submissions, vocal bullshit for this song called "Can I Believe You," and then of course I submitted my uh, my whatever my file. So we'll skip ahead in the podcast getting pissed off because I was recording my sweet, uh, my golden, my sweet golden, fuck, fuck you, fucking stop doing that, all right, turn that off, turn that off, that's enough, uh, I was recording the golden pipes, uh, take one, and then of course the kids started talking, so you get to hear me get pissed off, and then realize that I was still recording, legit was pissed. pissed off, uh, <laughs> take two was interrupted because Kim was sitting next to me and started laughing, and then take three, that's the, uh, that's that's the money take, and uh, I think you'll agree with me. So here's take one. <clears throat> uh... 
Can you? Oh, it's still recording. Shit. Uh, here's my submission, Mr. Pecknold. So there's there's submission number one, which was me. Well, there's outtake number one, me getting pissed off at the kids for talking after being perfectly silent for 20 minutes. And uh, here's take two. And a one, and a two, and a... Uh... <laughs> you idiot. And So there's me getting interrupted because Kimmy was laughing because probably if I were to I think isn't that how they do that in the in the in the in the music biz? Every time it's time for a new take. And a one and a two and uh I think so. I think so. Probably a lot of Nirvana outtakes with Kurt Cobain. And a one and a two and uh anyways. I would say probably not many, uh, many artists start out their their track by going and a one and a two and a, so that one didn't work so well, but this one this one is perfection. Here's take three, and this was the one that I sent to Mr. Robin Pecknold. <clears throat> <sighs> All right, so the that that was legitimately. I sent that file because he said, "Hey, it doesn't matter if you can sing. If you can't sing, preferably if you can't sing, I can't. Who who can not sing better than me? Nobody. I'm I'm the best horrible singer there is. I awful. So I submitted that, and uh, and then the song came out, and. I think I can hear me. No? Pretty sure that was me on there. Hold on, let me see if I can, uh, see if I can, uh, use some of this technology at my disposal. Hold on. I'm pretty sure I can hear myself. Hold on, let me, let's see. Yeah, I, that sounds like me. Maybe let me, let me just amplify that one, one last little bit here. Hold on a second, let me see. That's, I think that was me. Jesus. You know, that's, you know, that sound by itself isolated is pretty rough. When I hear it next to what the actual song sounds like, it's, oh my God, it's like nails on my scrotum of my ear scrotum. I don't know. Really bad. Anyways, Fleet Foxes. On a birthday boy podcast. It's good stuff, man. All right, uh, getting out of here. Hey, what do you think of the new art? You've seen it now. You've had a week to digest the Jay Cook art. I mean, I, uh, I can I, I, I explained it for you. And if you haven't, I mean, it's on. It's on the podcast now. If you go to Spotify, if you go to Apple Podcasts, if you go to iHeart Radio Podcasts and Google Podcasts and all that stuff, it's. It's there. It's it's. This is it. This is the cover art, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really pleased. Jay and I had a nice little text, as we often do, <clears throat> from time to time, and uh, 
yeah, he appreciated uh, he appreciated the shout out and, and all that stuff. And of course, it's it's well deserved. It's well well earned, well deserved. Nice job, Cookie Man. You you did it. You did it, buddy. So thank you. What do you guys think? Email uh, birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. What do you think of the new uh, the new art? What do you think? Do you like it? What are your thoughts? Anyway, I'm pleased. I'm really pleased. So there you go. Um, nice job. J. Cook Art. Facebook. Go to Facebook. Go to J. Cook Art. Go to Just Nate. You want to listen to music. Good music. I don't know. Other stuff. Do do all the things. Do what I tell you. Uh, I'm sure there's TV that I want to talk about. I, uh, there's just too much. Quibi. I've been enjoying that Quibi. Dangerous game. Wireless. Uh, 50 States. 50 States of Terror. I don't know what it's called. That's pretty good, too. There's something else in there that was nice. The fucking... The Stranger. The guy trying to kill the girl and she's running around Los Angeles. That was good, too. I didn't like the ending so much, but it was still, you know, it's hard to end things. It's hard to end, you know, sketch comedy. It's so hard. You watch Saturday Night Live, sometimes they have some really good sketches, and then it just bombs at the end, because, God, how do you write, it's writing an ending. It's not easy. It's not easy, is it? Why? Because we don't, you know, we're not meant to, you know, craft our ending. We just, you know, we're just going to die someday. (laughs) But anyways, speaking of endings that just come out of nowhere. Uh, We'll talk to you next time. Later, Gators. And now enjoy a classic Grandma Cliff call. Cliff, yes, hello, Cliffy. Cliffy, hello. Cliff, this is your Grandma Cliff, Cliff. Cliffy, this is Grandma Cliff calling. Cliffy, I was recently watching a documentary film about a a horrible, uh, excuse me, a horrible person in Winston-Salem you know, where we're from, because obviously that goes without saying, because you can tell from my accent that I'm clearly from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Cliff. Okay, Cliffy, I want to talk to you, because I've been watching this documentary picture on on the films, on the TV, and it's about this horrible, horrible person, and he's, he's got, he's got tattoos, and he's a murderer, and he's got vampire's teeth like a like a Dracula and he's a killer and he's horrible and he's got the tattoos, Cliffy, he's got tattoos and his name is Pazuzu and I just wanted to make sure
because, of course, you're from Winston-Salem, and Pazuzu is from Winston-Salem. His name is Pazuzu Abazuzu or something like that. I don't know. Pazuzu Alabazuzu. Pazuzu Alabazu. Pazuzu. Cliffy Pazuzu. Do you know Pazuzu, Cliff? Anyway, listen, I don't want you associating with Pazuzu or any of Pazuzu's gang. His friends, uh, you know, his, his boys there. I hope you're not hanging out with Pazuzu, Cliffy. Don't you get any ideas to whittle down your teeth to look like a Dracula? And don't you get any ideas to get tattoos, Cliff? I don't want my little baby butter boy with tattoos. Okay, Cliff? You don't need any of that ink messing up your beautiful little baby butter boy buns, Cliffy. Your little buns that I used to pinch back when you were a little baby, Cliff. The only thing you put on those buns is a nice pair of gray slacks. No tattoos, okay? You son of a bitch, if you goddamn put a... Cliffy, I swear to Christ, if you put a goddamn tattoo on your buns or anywhere else, so help me, merciful, sweet baby, butter boy, Jesus Christ, and Mary and Joseph Christ, I, I'll disown you, Cliffy. I'll disown you, especially if you, if you get these ideas from Pazuzu. I could never stay mad at you, even if you were, even if you were running with Pazuzu, Cliffy. I could never stay mad at my little grandson boy, my little baby boy, my sweet little Christmas and New Year's and Valentine's Day baby butter boy, little Cliffy boy, butter boy, baby boy. You're my Cliffy boy, Cliff. But Cliffy, you need to tell me the truth. I hope you're not running with the Pazuzu boys. Okay, Cliff, don't run with Pazuzu or any of his boys. You're a special little butter boy. You're not a Pazuzu boy. You're a butter boy, Cliffy. Okay. I just wanted to call and make sure that you're not with Pazuzu and that you have no intentions of being anywhere near Pazuzu. And I also wanted to say what a wonderful time I had at the Womack Family Holiday Spectacular on Hilton Head Island brought to you by Uncle Ben's Wright. Of course, I had a great time. Your Uncle Cliff had a great time. Your Uncle Cliff... Uh, Cliffy Baseball had a great time. Cousin Cliff had a great time. Cliff Duxtable had a great time. Macho Man Cliffy Savage. All those fucking Cliffs had a great time, Cliff. I don't need to list them all. You know who they are. But I, I, there was one Cliff I noticed was absent yet again from the spectacular. And his name is Cliff Womack, the original Cliff. Of course, there were many Cliffs before you, so I guess you're not really the original Cliff. But, you know, you're my original Cliff because you're the original butter boy. Oh, Cliffy, I don't know what to do. Just tell me you'll come to next year's Spectacular and tell me you're not anywhere near that Pazuzu character. Oh, God damn it, Cliff. That's not why you missed the Spectacular, is it? It's not because you were hanging out with Pazuzu, is it? Oh, God, you'll break my heart, Cliffy, if you missed the Spectacular. It's bad enough you missed the Womack Family Holiday Spectacular to make matters worse. I hope it wasn't because you were hanging out with Pazuzu. It's on a, it's on a documentary, Pazuzu. It's called, uh, you know, Tales of Pazuzu. I don't know what the, I don't know what it's called, Cliffy, but it's bad news. He's bad news. He's bad news bears. Okay, you stay away from Pazuzu, Cliffy. You hear me? All right, Cliffy, I gotta go. I, I, I never thought I'd say this, but Cliff. If I find out that you missed the spectacular because you were with Pazuzu, I don't know what I'll do. I would actually 
I would be happy to find out you stayed home to toggle your balls instead of coming to the spectacular, as long as you weren't hanging out, sharpening your teeth, whittling them down to look like a Dracula, and hanging out with Pazuzu. All right, Clippy. I need to go now. I need to rest. I need to lie down. Oh, it's too much. It's too much to process. You missed the spectacular. You're probably toggling your balls. And uh, and God knows. I, I just hope. I just hope. That's all I hope is. I hope. I hope you're not hanging out with Pazuzu, Cliffy. Oh God, Miss Dracula. Okay, Cliffy. Gotta go. It's Friday evening, so I'm sure. I'm sure you you are toggling your balls. I'm sure the pound pound's open for business, you sick, you sicko son of a bitch bastard, goddamn bastard, bastard son of a bitch. But I could never stay mad at you, my little baby Cliffy boy, my little beautiful baby boy, butter boy, Cliffy boy. All right, Cliff. I'll talk to you soon, or will I? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't hope I don't upset you, Cliffy, because I don't want you to. I don't want you to, to send Pazuzu after me. Oh, God, don't send Pazuzu after me. Oh, Jesus, Mary and baby, butter boy, Joseph Christ. Oh, God. All right, Cliff, I have to go. I'll talk to you uh, sometime, maybe. Who knows? Okay, Cliff, this is Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call, Cliff. It's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Cliff, give me a call, Cliff. It's Grandma Cliff. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.